Hey guys, what's up? It's Carolyn and welcome to the cafe. Guys, it's been a long week. I don't know about y'all, but it's been a long week. So if you were tuned in my last episode, then you know that I interviewed Josh Fulton, who is my cousin and also an up-and-coming actor. And we talked about the highs and lows of our 20s. And let me tell you, it was a time. We had a great time. It was a great interview. So if you haven't checked it out yet, totally go back and check out my last episode. So I didn't release a episode um, before this one because I went back to back. Like before the interview with Josh, I literally dropped the interview uh, solo night right before that. So I was like, okay, let me just like, you know, let it breathe. So that's why I'm dropping an episode now. But um, guys, what's up? I hope everyone's week is going well. I hope your life is going well. And you know what, if it isn't, if you're, you know, in a tough spot, you're not alone. Honestly, you're not. I shared on Instagram uh, last week that I had gotten my breakthrough, like the breakthrough I needed that day. And I had needed it at that point all week. And it wasn't until like I I was in my living room or no, I was in my kitchen and I just was worshiping and like the breakthrough came and I was like, bet, you know, sometimes you just really, ha- not sometimes, I feel like whenever you need to, worship is key, like, because you're literally letting your spirit, like your soul, the most intimate part of your body be open to God. And he's able to just like lift things and he's able to really like exchange yokes with you. Like Jesus really cares about our mental health and he really cares about our heart. And he's able to like break through some things when we're open to that, you know? So worship is one of those ways that we can do that. Um, and so, yeah, it was just amazing and I've been doing better since. So that's a little, you know, a little praise report, but let's get into this episode. So our espresso today, which is a short word of encouragement I share with you all is there are people literally attached to your assignment and you must endure like you can do it. The reason why I'm saying that is because I just had like a huge revelation the other day. I was reading um, Ezekiel and as I'm reading, I started to realize that God was literally telling Ezekiel, if you don't like listen to me, if you don't walk out your purpose, these people will not be saved, period. Like they're not going to be saved and it's going to be on you because I'm telling you this ahead of time. (laughs) And I'm not saying it's that crucial you know, right now, like for us, because we're, you know, living in a whole different era. But what I'm saying is, I think the principle remains the same, that when God gives you an assignment, when God gives you a specific purpose, he's doing so because there are other people that will benefit from your obedience. There are other people that will benefit from what you're meant to do, who you're meant to be. And so don't think that you know, whatever you're doing, whether it's music, acting, maybe you have a podcast like I do, someone 
is tied and connected to that. Someone's being encouraged. Someone's being loved by what you're doing. Some, Even if it's just your parents just being happy and proud of you, it's connected to something. There's like a deeper purpose when God has assigned you to do it. So I'm encouraging you this week. If you, you know, have a little procrastination spirit on you sometimes, like, you know, I have to fight through myself. <laughs> Like, do it because it's so much bigger than yourself. It's so much bigger than you. There's a, there's a tribe out there waiting for you to be exactly who God called you to be. So, yeah, that's my espresso today. Have you guys ever watched those, like, voice competition shows like X Factor or American Idol? And the person is singing their heart out. I mean, like, really committed. And it's a good song but they're singing in the wrong key. They're pitchy. It's unpleasant to hear. Even though the song itself is beautiful, like when people try to sing I Will Always Love You or like a Mariah song, and it's like, I see where you were going, but you didn't get there. You know? And you love the song because it's a classic, so there's nothing wrong with the actual song, but the way that they sang it was foul so you don't want to hear it at that at that point that's what it's like when people are right like when they're telling the truth but in the wrong tone in the wrong key like that's it's it's just like that like when we are a hundred percent right but the way we said it was not received we messed up a classic you know I was just thinking about that because sometimes people are 100% correct. Sometimes they're like they they got they got it, but the way that they deliver it, the way they that they express that truth makes it harder to accept. And then there are times where we express the truth with tact, we express the truth with kindness, but the person still doesn't want to hear it. And you know what I had to learn? Let it go. Because at the end of the day, it's up to them whether or not they want to receive it, whether or not they want to take it. And I'm a person that needs processing, so I totally get it. Sometimes you need a little bit of time before you're able to reflect and see the point that another person was making. I have, I have to remember that for myself and for when I'm speaking to other people. Because before, I thought that because I wouldn't have been offended by the way I said something that the other person wouldn't be offended either. Like I thought like, well, I wouldn't have been offended by that. And it's like, okay, so. And I like a little background, like my family in general is pretty straightforward. Um, Like my mom is a straight shooter. My grandma is like when she feels safe enough, she's very straightforward. and. And so is my great aunt. Like, she's like really a bullet. <laughs> but I was raised like that. And one of the hardest truths that I had to learn was I have to be versatile. I have to have discernment and I have to really care about the way the other person is receiving the message if my goal is to communicate. Because a lot of times we get wrapped up in who's right. And it's like, you know, if I'm telling the truth, I'm right. Like, it's the truth. What's the problem? The problem is the other person may not be receiving that. 
And I'm not really speaking about cases where you can't really uh, do anything about whether they receive it or not because you can say things as sweet as pie and people still take it the wrong way or they still are offended by it or they still find a reason to, you know, demonize you for it. Like, so there are instances where, you know, you're like, I I did the best I could do. So, oh, well. But in that case, once you know that you have done the best you could do to communicate effectively, then you've done the work. You know what I mean? Like, you, you did your part. But when we're just speaking any type of way to people because we were raised that way or because they should be able to take it, I think that we need to take a seat back and say, you know what, I I didn't mean any harm by that, but the way I said it, I could have, you know, said it with a little bit more tact, or I, I could have said it with a little bit more empathy, you know? So that's a hard truth um, about myself or the world. Um, yeah, and like, like I said, there are times where we can't help it in terms of how people will receive things because... People can just find a problem with anything. Also, one of my favorite preachers once said that people look at the opposite of being nice, not as mean, but as truth. So taking that into consideration as well. The key is not to try to be right, but to just try to communicate effectively so that an understanding can be had, you know, Um, and that's just that's the truth right there. Like, are we understanding each other instead of who's right? Um, and that reminded me of Proverbs sixteen twenty four. Uh, kind words are like honey. So kind words are like honey. They are sweet. Um, and depending on how you say things, when you say things, what tone you say things in um, can really determine whether or not the conversation you're having is effective or detrimental. Speaking of detrimental, I'm going to share this week's cappuccino. And if you haven't been here before, uh, the cappuccino at the cafe is just an event that tried to take you out. Basically, something or someone that was capping and tried to take you out. So earlier this week, I'm in my yard and I'm minding my business and I'm a person that likes to walk. I like to think and walk and reflect on things. And because my yard is like a pretty nice size, I just take walks in my yard. Listen, I'm in my yard. All of a sudden I hear, welcome to the animal toy hospital. Welcome to the animal toy hospital. And if you've ever seen a thriller, a scary movie in your life, then you know they be using like the children's nursery rhymes and like the baby dolls in the like to scare people. When I say if I didn't know Jesus, I would have ran back into my house with a quickness because I was look I had no idea where Welcome to the Toy Animal Hospital was coming from. <laughs> I look over and my niece's toy house, which I thought was a regular doll house, is a Doc McStuffins battery-powered animal toy hospital. I I'm gonna I listen, I punched the, the, the toy house because it was remixing, so I felt like maybe it needs like a reboot, like a restart. And then it stopped. 
and we have left it in the rain I don't know how many times so it finally just gave up but it literally tried to take me out because I had no idea where the sound was coming from <laughs> and if you ever watched like Freddie one two Fred, all those things it, that came to my mind I'm gonna be honest and <laughs> if I didn't know Jesus we would have had a problem with the toy house but yeah, that's my that's my cappuccino this week. Other than that, I haven't had any real cappuccinos, just really like unnecessarily funny ones. Um, and as always, you know that you guys can share your cappuccinos, your cold brews, your espressos with me. DM me on Instagram at withlove underscore Carolyn, and I will read your entries right here. So now let's heat up some green tea. For this episode's green tea, I'm spotlighting three individuals who turned their life around and I'm sharing with you guys three stories of redemption. As you guys know, at the cafe, we serve tea, but this tea is healthy, it's good, it's positive, and it's uplifting. These three chefs were featured on TheGuardian.com because they shared a piece about people who were formerly incarcerated who turned their life around after prison. And I wanted to highlight these individuals, Sharon Richardson, Keith Corbin, and Michael Carter. So Sharon Richardson was in prison for 20 years. She now has just sold catering and also has a, a nonprofit that helps women re-enter in society and basically she gives them tools to like start a career or just make a living from like the catering business and I just thought that was really cool and she also um, only hires women who were formerly incarcerated. Next Keith Corbin. Guys Keith Corbin is a two times James Beard award-winning chef and he also has his own award-winning restaurant called Alta Adams. He was in prison for 10 years, guys, but now he is a highly respected professional chef. Last but not least, we have Michael Carter, and coincidentally, Michael Carter has a pizza shop in Philadelphia. That's my hometown. It's called Down North Pizza. He also employs formerly incarcerated men, and get this, guys, he has like a low-income house apartment building basically on top of his pizza shop where he's able to give these men a start after prison. He made the New York Times best pizza list and also won best uh best of Philly for 2021 um in his category for like square pizzas. Um and yeah, he's just really passionate about people restarting and re-entering um in society and all three of them have made waves in their lane and they're really passionate about giving people that second chance and I think that's really cool because at the cafe we talk so much about healing we talk so much about just forgiveness and I thought this was a really amazing piece because clearly these individuals turn a very unfortunate circumstance in their lives and they turned it around. They were able to come back and they were able to do positive things in their communities and also uplift other people who had their same situation. So I just wanted to share that because I thought it was really, really powerful. And I thought that it had a really strong message.
And as you guys know, I'm not stingy when it comes to green tea. You can always go on goodnewsnetwork.org, which is where I got this story from, if you ever need a little bit of encouragement or some uplifting. Okay, cafe community, let's get into today's topic. So we were talking about healing and forgiveness. You know that's a hot topic here at the cafe. But today I want to simply talk about historical wounds and how that relates to us healing our perspective. So if you're a human being, then you have probably suffered in some form. Now, not all of us suffer from the same things and not all of us suffer the same way. But if you're a human being and you live here on earth, no doubt you have suffered in some way. And sometimes our suffering, whether it's from childhood or just from our young adult days, can result in some form of trauma, can result in some wound, some heart wound that we have. And if we are not intentional and diligent about addressing those wounds, they can lead us to very dark places. I used the term historical wounds because there are people who do not believe that past trauma can still affect you presently today. Let me just say that I'm not the biggest believer in time heals all because it's not time itself that heals anything. It is the way we evolve, the the new experiences that we have, the way we uh, mentally and emotionally mature that allow us to grow past certain things. But more importantly, when something has hurt you when you were a child, if you never addressed that thing, it is still alive and well. So we have to do the brave thing and address our historical trauma so it doesn't show up in our future, so it doesn't show up presently, so it doesn't show up unexpectedly. And I'm telling you this from experience. There were a lot of things that I was either ignoring or that I honestly didn't know was there. And it just took a certain person or a certain situation to trigger me and I didn't recognize myself. So, um... It's really important to address things that happened in the past. I don't care how far in the past it is. If you're 50, I don't care if it was 20 years ago. If you're my age, if you're 27 and it happened when you were 6, it doesn't matter. We have to do the brave thing and address our historical traumas so that we can heal our perspective. You will be able to see the world past your trauma. You will be able to see life, people, your relationships beyond your brokenness, beyond where you were last hurt. And that's one of the things that God brought to my attention um, once he was telling me that I needed to be more vulnerable and just enter this journey into vulnerability was that I was viewing like a lot of my life and a lot of the world through trauma, through what hurt me, through how I was broken instead of instead of from a place of victory and healing and i started to ask myself probably around 2020 what would healed carolyn do and i know it was god because first of all i don't talk to myself in the third person <laughs> and also i never posed that question to myself i never wondered what the healed version of myself 
would do in a given situation. And honestly, 2020 is when I think the seed was sown. And then 2021 is just when I had no choice but to bud and just grow from then and actually, you know, listen to God and say, hey, there's something to this because I'm viewing life, you know, on the wrong side of things because of how my heart has been treated throughout my life. So, um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't want to view life the wrong way. And one of the ways that I combat that now is in my prayer life, I ask God to heal my perspective. Heal my perspective. Because if I'm viewing life through my trauma, if I'm viewing people through my hurt, then I'm not seeing clearly. Like, there's no way I can have effective communication. There's no way I can have healthy relationships if I view this life through brokenness. Like, that's, no. I want to have an abundant life. I want to have a healthy mindset and a healthy way to speak to people and to see people. And I don't want people to think that when you're viewing your life through brokenness that that means that you're like constantly sad or you're a bad person or no, no, no. It's like the sunniest people. And for the most part, anyone who has experienced me in real time know that I'm pretty much a bubbly person. I mean, not all the time, but my point is the way that you respond to people and the way that you express yourself in the world could be the total opposite of what you're going through internally. And you can be suppressing so many things and you don't even know it. And that's where self-accountability and self-awareness really come into play. And I'm going to share something with you in a little bit that I believe will help um, with addressing historical trauma. But one thing I just want to quickly talk about is the power of prayer and worship, how those two things combined can really help you understand yourself more because God can actually talk to you and get through to you. And you'll be surprised at how much he has to say. <laughs> like, um, some of us really try to, I feel like, avoid that, but he loves us, so he's going to give us the truth and love, and if you don't ever know anything, how are you going to fix it? I say this and believe this all the time, that healing is our responsibility. Even if we're not the ones that broke us, we still are responsible for our own healing. If your friends and your family could have healed you by now, they already would have done it. They would have done it by now. And, you know, God is with you all the way. You're not alone, but people can't heal for you. You have to heal yourself. People can't, um, you know, adopt a better mindset for you. You have to do that yourself. And that includes going into some pretty uncomfortable spaces, experiencing uncomfortable emotions, and going back down memory lane sometimes and, you know, reflecting upon how something may have affected you. And it's not comfortable. It's not fun. It sucks, if I'm being quite honest. But the outcome is beautiful. The outcome is well worth it. Um, and so I want to give you just some things that I think help even begin that journey of just healing historical traumas, and that is journaling. 
So journaling is super important. And to back up what I know is true about journaling, I decided to do just a little bit of research. And Healthline.com has an article that basically um, outlines six benefits to journaling. And I always want to want to give you guys a little like backup from like professionals when I'm talking about this so that this isn't just coming from my own experience. So the first benefit to journaling outlined in Healthline.com is journaling helps reduce stress. As you guys all know and probably have experienced, when you're going through stressful times, pressure can build up. And when you journal, that allows a release, that allows a sort of relief so that you're not just bottling up things that are going on. The second benefit is it says that journaling may boost health and well-being. And I never even thought about this, but it lowers blood pressure because if you're not bottling anything up, if you are not constantly uh, triggered by things with no outlet, then you can definitely reduce your blood pressure. So I thought that was an amazing benefit. And then there's number three, which I thought was super amazing. And I also learned something new. So number three basically is journaling encourages space from negative thoughts. So the article reads that this distance is formally called cognitive diffusion, a helpful concept from acceptance and commitment therapy. The idea is that you are not your thoughts, emotions, or physical symptoms. Instead, you are the context in which they occur. In other words, if your thoughts aren't serving you, you don't have to believe them. Instead, you can use journaling to see your thoughts as separate from you. And, oh my gosh, that can't be more true. Um, I listened to Pastor Stephen Furtick, and something that he always says is that you do not have to believe your thoughts. You are not your thoughts. And I thought that was so profound and amazing. So to see, um, you know, a psychologist, someone that's like a professional say that is just amazing. So guys, you're not your thoughts. And it's really important for us to realize those things so we don't internalize negative things that we think and so that we don't um, constantly meditate on those things. Number four, journaling provides a way to process emotions. Now, this is especially true um, for people... Like me, I'm a processor, so it takes me a while to kind of um, dial in on how I feel. And journaling provides that for you because you can write something down and you can look at it from a different perspective um, and you're able to process your emotions in in a private way, in a way that doesn't involve you uh, wigging out or (laughs) snapping on somebody. Like, you don't have to snap on somebody first. Like, you can look at it and say, you know what? That's how that situation made me feel. Or, you know what? I could have dealt with that better or whatever. So, it allows you a safe space to do that. Number five, journaling can help you figure out your next step. This is totally true. Um, I learned this from Dr. Caroline um, Leaf. And I think you guys should totally follow her on Instagram. I think her Instagram is Caroline Leaf. But literally, she talks about how journaling can help you um, basically find your pattern and like recognize certain behaviors. And with doing that, you're looking at your thoughts and you're looking at um, just what you wrote down and you can tell 
where you need to go from there. You can tell, okay, what, you know, what's the next step? What, what do I do from here? Because now it's more clear and you're not so emotional at that point. Number six, which is basically what I just said, journaling deepens self-discovery. I've learned this myself from journaling. Um, when you journal and you look back at what you have written, you learn so much about your own behavior. And that's super important when it comes to where we need to be held accountable. Um, it's so much better to hold yourself accountable than someone having to come and do it for you. <laughs> like, it's so much more peaceful, self-accountability, I feel like. Um, because when you're journaling and you're looking back at things that you have written, you can pretty much tell areas where you have grown, areas where you still need to grow, and also areas where you need to take some accountability and say, hey, uh, I do that often, or I often lash out on people and I don't mean to, or sometimes I spread my negative attitude into the room and I don't mean to do that either. So with journaling, you're able to understand yourself better and also hold yourself accountable. So that way, other people don't have to get hurt from your unprocessed emotions. And I'm saying this being the person who has experienced not processing emotions and not healing and other people having to deal with what I didn't heal. And, you know, now that I'm on the other side, I understand the importance of that. And it takes some humbling. It takes some uh, grit. It takes you to be able to say, hey, you know, I'm a little out of pocket in this area. And it doesn't have to be super dramatic. But the point is, Healing is not only good for you, it's good for those around you. So um, I think that all in all, this ties to just the importance of healing from your historical trauma and healing your perspective. So that way you can navigate life in a much more healthier and enthusiastic way so that you can view life for what it really is, but from a place of victory, from a place of, um, you know, just a mended heart. All right, Cafe community, thank you so much for tuning into episode number five. I hope you guys enjoyed this conversation. I hope you guys are going to have an amazing weekend, an amazing week ahead, and that you're continuing to heal, you're continuing to better yourself, and you're continuing to just have fun and really enjoy life. Thank you so much for visiting the cafe. And as always, guys, you can share your espressos, your cold brew, your cappuccinos with me, DM me on Instagram at withlove underscore Carolyn, and I will share your entries right here on the show. But this is just an amazing journey, and thank you all for supporting me and for listening. Don't forget to rate my podcast if you're listening on Apple or Spotify so they can know that people are listening, and leave a comment if you want to. But thank you so much, guys, as always, and I'll see you next time. Bye.